Hi. Nice intro. I loved uh, the background. Thank you. Thank you. Now, we're, we're super excited to have you and on the show. And as, as we were discussing beforehand, we've had some super, super powerful women um, on our show. I mean, we had Joanne Pasternak, and she was sharing with us all the things that she did from a nonprofit perspective with the Golden State Warriors and the San Francisco 49ers. And she shared with us and showed her uh, her Super Bowl, her uh, NBA championship rings and Super Bowl rings. And then we had... Um, uh, this past our past show, Deirdre Lester, who was who was the chief revenue officer at Barstool Sports, and she talked about what it was like work what's what it's like working with with Erica Nardini and El Presidente and all the crazy things that uh, go on over there. So uh, it was it's been great, and we're super excited to have you. So again, thank you so much for joining our show, Jessica. Thanks, and we should also thank Scott Pioli for putting uh, you and I in touch with each other. Absolutely, and I, and and Scott and Scott's welcome on the show anytime. You know, we're, we're <laughs> you know, I I don't want to feel I don't want to feel like he was left out in any way. You know, but uh, but Scott, it really was an amazing introduction, and I loved our conversation. I'm so happy that you're on the show, and you know, I'd love for you to share with our audience tonight a little bit of your background. Um, you know, where you grew up, and 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 you know, just you know how you, how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so I've been uh, thinking a little bit about this, and I, I decided uh, the best way for me to share this would be based on what I learned through sports, and uh, rather than just kind of, you can already read my background. So, you know, first and foremost, I was a point guard, and my role as a point guard was to set others up to be successful, to understand people's strengths and weaknesses. Oh, there you go. There's a photo. Uh, I, I was telling Wayne before that these are only up on Facebook, so... Um, you know, now they're public, I'm worried. But part of that part of that responsibility was having an awareness of when people were not at their best or where people had lacked confidence. And this is really important for how I learned and how I've evolved as a person and especially important as a CEO um, of, a, of an early stage company, identifying problems, understanding people's challenges, making people gain confidence. My college coaches used to say, send a message with your past. And there's different ways to do that in the business world, too. Uh, how do you give people confidence in their ability, for example, to present in front of uh, clients? How do you give them the reps in practice so that they're more comfortable once they get into a live situation? The second uh, area that I would say from learning from sports that tells you about who I am is as a, I was a student of the game. As you can tell from this photo, I don't have very high ups. Uh, I wasn't the most athletic or the fastest, but my coach, in fact, my coach uh, in the media guide when I was, uh, I think it was a sophomore in high school, said that I was deceptively quick, which is, I think, a backhanded compliment. Not a compliment, actually. She was just saying I was slow. Um, but the, but the, what's important there is that the way that I overcame some of my athletic limitations, I guess I would call it, is I just was a real student of the game and learned as much as I could. I watched games all the time. And, and again, the same is very much true in my job now uh, and, and just throughout my career. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about this hopefully later, but prior to Kager, I ran most of the customer-facing business lines for Craft Sports and Entertainment, which is the Patriots. So ticketing, retail, marketing, uh, analytics, and um, in all of those cases, like I didn't know how to do those things before I, before I took over those, those roles. And I had to consistently learn new skills, ask lots of questions of people and be doing research on a continuous basis. The other thing is that in the sports world, as I'm sure you've probably talked about, there isn't necessarily like a linear path of you do this and get this. And so uh, as terms of being a student of the game, that's also a little bit about how this MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference came about, again, which we can talk about, but that's really uh, creating a forum. <laughs> yeah, but it's, really, but it's really about creating a forum. But the last thing I was gonna say is around resiliency. Sorry if you guys can hear my kids in the background. Uh, All good. <laughs> um, that uh, failure will happen. And this is a story that I think is important to share. When I grew up, uh, I grew up outside of Chicago uh, in the 80s. And obviously Michael Jordan was everywhere, but they didn't have uh, camps for girls. And so I went to uh, a boys camp, a clinic. 
And it was to try out for a team called Small Fry, which I don't even know if it exists anymore. But I didn't make the team. And one of the fathers came up to me on the on the way out and said, you know, you should have been on that team. And that I was, quote, gypped. Well, I learned a lot from going to the camp. And I think that was the first time I realized that there things weren't always equal. Uh, but I also made a vow to myself that that day that I would one day start a basketball camp, uh, which I did when I came back from playing uh, overseas, that I ran for five years when, when I was uh, working and living in New York. I did uh, consulting after playing professional basketball. And um, that's a big part of who I am, which is on a continuous basis, trying to push people forward and give people opportunities to learn in environments where they might not be as comfortable. So I was comfortable going to an all boys basketball camp. It stunk not to make the team, but you know, I wanted to learn from that failure and find a way to, to make a change in the future. So that's amazing. So you, you grew up in, you grew up in, in Chicago <laughs> as well as spent also spent time in, in, in Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah. 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 So sorry. That's a little confusing. My family moved from Chicago to Connecticut when I was a sophomore in high school. So that was, as you might imagine, a pretty impactful experience to uproot after we lived in Chicago for 10 years, so five to 15. Um, I would say from my perspective, it was the greatest thing that could have happened because especially as an athlete, I was in an environment in outside of Chicago. It was a town called Highland Park where um, it wasn't, girls didn't really play sports. It was like kind of cool to be on the pom-pom team, which is not to say that that isn't um, hard, uh, but it, it certainly wasn't kind of what I was all about. And so moving to the East Coast and everyone played sports and it was it was just a great environment to, to move into. And it was, it, it just felt like I, I had kind of like gone into the twilight zone. So I was, I was thrilled. So when you moved back to Connecticut, do you, do you have any brothers or sisters? I have an older brother, but he had, he went to college uh, basically when we moved. So he didn't go to the same high school as me. Was he an uh, athlete too? He was a wrestler. So I spent a lot of time uh, cheering him on while he was wrestling. I know maybe a little too much about wrestling. <laughs> he then became a bodybuilder actually. So I also know a little too much about bodybuilding. Wow. So in high school, so you were, you, you were a um, Connecticut's Gatorade player of the year. So, I mean, you came in as a sophomore and automatic, you know, that's amazing that you're able to. You, you really did your research. Um, so what, you know, and you, and, and so you, you know, that's really incredible. So, you know, you were, you come to, come to Connecticut, you're, you're new. Uh, what high school did you go to? I went to Staples high school. It's in uh, Westport, Connecticut. So my parents were really great about, uh, when we were moving, they, we went and looked at a bunch of different high schools, uh, all public high schools, but they, they basically said, you know, you're, we're uprooting you in the middle of your high school years. We want to give you at least a little bit of say in where uh, you're going to live. So I actually got to meet the college, or sorry, the high school coaches at a couple of the schools that I looked at and, you know, Staples and my coach in uh, high school was Ed Heideck, who was a great coach, a great champion for um, girls basketball in the state of Connecticut. And I had an, I had a great experience when, when I moved the team actually um, had just gone to the state finals for the first time and just won their first Ivy League title. And they graduated all their seniors. I didn't know any of that when, when we were moving. I just liked the feel of the school. We ended up winning the conference title again and then also went back to the state semifinals that the same the next year, despite losing basically the entire senior class. So it was a fun environment. Obviously, uh, it was the early days of UConn basketball. Uh, they hadn't even won their first uh, national championship to date myself a little bit, um, but I but I ended up playing on summer basketball teams with people like Jennifer Rosati, who went on and was a star at UConn, Nikisha Sales, uh, a number of people like that. So it was a it was a difficult. That was actually probably a more difficult experience, but it certainly brought in my exposure to people across Connecticut. And I mean, basketball in Connecticut is obviously great. And then from from Connecticut, you you went on to uh, Harvard, right? And I wonder, how was that process like? So you you were you know you were a you were one of the Gatorade players of the year. Um, yeah. You could have gone a lot of places. Why why Harvard? So yeah, I was I was recruited 
Um, it basically came down to three schools. So um, I went I went and looked at Iowa, which at the time had gone to the final four and was coached by Vivian Stringer. And I, I mean, I was really impressed by her as a coach. And, uh, and then I, I went to Harvard and I also looked at Princeton, but there's something about the Harvard program, Kathy Delaney Smith, who was my head coach, who was my coach and is still the head coach at Harvard, just created this incredible family. Um, I believed in what she was trying to create and the, and I, I obviously very much it was very much focused on the education. Um, I'm very thankful that my parents um, al- allowed me to go to Harvard. Um, certainly had to take out a lot of loans. I worked all through college um, and paid for uh, a huge portion, as you might imagine, not only being in school, playing a sport and working uh, to pay for all of my all of my expenses was very challenging, but it was unbelievable training for what I would say my life is like now, people kind of joke, well, how do you have Kager and have family? You know, you run the Sloan Conference, uh, you know, on the side. And I think that's a lot of the skills that I learned uh, while I was playing basketball at Harvard. And I studied psychology there, by the way. But to me, it wasn't really a very difficult decision. Um, I really wanted to have the full college experience. And I thought going and playing, I mean, listen, it was really cool getting off the plane in Iowa and having several hundred people clapping um, as you're getting off the plane. But I really uh, wanted to have the college experience, which I was definitely able to have at Harvard. Um, academics obviously came first. And I, I, I'm so thankful for that decision. My college basketball teammates are inspirations to me. I learned a tremendous amount from them throughout my time. Uh, they helped get me through Harvard in many cases. I mean. I didn't really, I went to public schools, so they were very good public schools and great communities, but I certainly did not learn how to study uh, as well as I should have in high school. And I I had a lot to catching up to do when I got to college. Well, these are some great stories. And and, and it's, as as we mentioned at the top of the show, it's it's Sunday night. So we're here on our 76 Capital Leadership Series. And tonight's guest is Jessica Gelman. Super excited to, to continue this conversation. She shared with us what she did um, and, and her her playing career at Harvard. After Harvard, you played professionally. Where, where did you play professionally? So I went and played in Israel, and it was a, a really unique opportunity. I wanted to just say like one more thing about uh, playing playing basketball at Harvard. And so I studied psychology there, which I think is is actually really important. Um, and what I what I studied in particular, and I was very fascinated in part because of my time growing up in Chicago when Michael Jordan was Michael Jordan, is I was trying to understand what are the characteristics of people who perform best in pressure situations, and that was what I I ran experiments in college on a local high school basketball team to kind of better understand. So I learned this the concepts of tests and control. It was very statistical in nature, incredibly analytic analytically oriented. And I didn't necessarily know that's what I was getting into when I started studying psychology at Harvard, because uh, I think a lot of people think of it as like, you know, sitting on a couch, but it was incredibly quantitatively based. And it set the, the baseline for so much of my thinking that I apply to business today and that I was applying um, when and why we needed change in particular and new technologies um, when I was running different parts of, the, of craft sports and entertainment that ultimately led to Kager. But I mean, listen, having the chance to go and play professional basketball, I, I have to tell you, I was, I had an amazing college experience. Um, we won two Ivy League titles. We were the first team to go undefeated in the Ivy League. Uh, we went to two NCAA tournaments. So playing in March Madness was incredible. Um, and just had kind of that, that experience of playing college sports that you dream of having and uh, really, the, my teammates again are 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 longtime friends and and uh, inspirations and, and folks I can really rely on. So when I went and played basketball overseas, it was a rude awakening uh, because that's not what professional sports uh, is necessarily like in terms of the people on your team being your closest friends and that feeling that feeling of camaraderie. I think it can be depending on where you play, but that wasn't the experience uh, in particular that I had. 
I had never been outside of the United States. Um, I guess one could say I was a little sheltered. So, uh, you know, it, it, it was a very different culture for me. Um, and I struggled with it, to be totally honest. Uh, the basketball, it was, it was also just strange. Uh, people can't imagine today being on the other side of the world and not, not having the ability to talk to your friends on, on WhatsApp or um, Slack or whatever it might be. And I felt pretty isolated, for sure. Uh, but it was fun to get to dedicate myself every single day to running, lifting, playing basketball. And my overall skills got a lot better, but I think intellectually, I just felt that I wasn't, um, I wasn't being challenged in the ways, in the ways that I had, that I wanted to. Um, so when I, I had actually accepted a job at a consulting company that they allowed me to defer it for a year. So once I was done playing uh, overseas and I wanted to go and play because I, I, had an inkling even back then that I wanted to go into sports. And I thought having the experience of being a professional athlete to be the product would be very valuable um, for one day in the future, having that ex experience, which by the way, it really was, um, you know, even my first project working for the Patriots was, uh, was looking at training camp and potentially moving it and understanding, feeling what that kind of disruption might be it was, it was very valuable for me to have gone and played and felt what it was like to, again, be, be a player. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. You know, we, one of our earlier 76 Capital Leadership Series, we had Tal Brody, who was the American-Israeli, you know, super, superstar basketball player, you know, as, 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 as a lot of people call him, the Michael Jordan of, of Israeli basketball. And we were talking about the difference of going to a professional uh, NBA game here as compared to what that looks like in Israel. And uh, I said to him, I said, you know, it's the way I describe basketball games in Israel, it's it's a little bit of a college basketball game yeah. mixed with a, with a European soccer game. Right? It is very loud. So there's actually um, an Israeli song you may know where the Jesse Jesse and they would chant it to me. And um, and also like you're in the you're in the community as well. Like I lived in in the town that I was representing, and I would just I would be walking the streets, and they would just hey Jess, can we buy you a kebab? So there are some very surreal aspects to it. I mean, also it was it was 1997, so it was when there were suicide bombings uh, going on over there. So it also it wasn't really the safest place. I don't think my parents were very happy that I. They definitely were not happy that I went. <laughs> so. So tell us, so after playing professional basketball, um, doing some consulting work, how did you end up working uh, for Bob Kraft? Well, uh, it was fortuitous for sure. I, during my, during my second year at Harvard Business School, um, the Patriots were building Gillette Stadium. The Crafts were building Gillette Stadium. And they were looking for a team to, you guys really got some great photos here. Um, and well, anyways, no, no. Were, I, I gotta give I gotta give all the credit to our producer and my chief of staff, James Santor. You know, he, <laughs> he's the one who, who's the man when it comes to all this stuff. So, um, nice job, James. Um, so I, so a couple of my classmates and I applied, and the the field study was to for Gillette Stadium to. There's a there's club space. If people have watched games, there are the red seats that you see on TV. Uh, it was basically looking at how many events uh, you could have on non-game days. So events being weddings, uh, graduations, whatever it might be. Uh, and it was basically doing a business, writing a business plan and a business case for leveraging this massive asset that the crafts had just invested in, which is Gillette Stadium, and finding uh, additional revenue streams. So we did this project and. Uh, you know, big thank you to my teammates uh, on that project. Obviously, I did not expect that it would turn into a full-time job, uh, but we did a, a really thorough analysis. I've led a couple field studies since then, so I certainly understand why they were impressed by what we did. Uh, we took it very seriously. We did a lot of primary research, surveying, uh, interviewing across um, other teams in the NFL. And, ha and had a really great experience. We did our project, we, did, we delivered our project about two and a half weeks before we, graduate, before we graduated. And um, as I was uh, walking out the door, the, the, the craft said, you know, let us know if we can open any doors in sports for you. 
So as a dutiful business school student, I followed up and I basically came in uh, working uh, and evaluating a lot of what is now Patriot Place, which is a, um, a real estate establishment now uh, down around Gillette Stadium. So everything from Bass Pro to um, to the partners healthcare uh, relationship that they have with Brigham. And um, that was what I was doing for the first part. And then the crafts, I mean, listen, they're incredible entrepreneurs, visionaries, leaders. And so we, there, Jonathan had an idea to create um, a credit card program. It became something that's extra points, was a partnership with MBNA. Um, we were the beta for that program that then rolled off, rolled out across the, the NFL, baseball, I think even the NBA. And, you know, so I, I was getting this incredible experience learning from Robert and Jonathan, very hands-on about how to think outside the box, how to question the status quo, how to bring different pieces and different thoughts together to create new ideas. And that was obviously just incredible learning to have so early on in my career. So I've been working for them now for 18 years, which I is completely beyond my comprehension. So um, 18 years and we're here yeah. live on our seventh capital leadership series. We're live on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on YouTube, as well as on Twitter tonight uh, because it's Sunday night and that's what we do on Sunday nights. And we're always <laughs> so excited to have such great leaders within the sports industry. And we have Jessica Gelman with us from Kager, as well as the MIT Sloan sports analytics conference um and we haven't even gotten to that part of our of, of the story and, I, and, I, and it's been so exciting to hear all the things that you've done you know up until then um but when you were when you were um with the, the patriots the patriots won a few games i think or something like that and had a couple good players and yeah do you want to see the rings yeah um, All my Philly people, I don't know, but I mean, I, okay. I think you guys had the last laugh, so it's okay. I'd love to. Um, of course, we want to see him. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Listen, um, do you want me to answer the question? Or you want me to show the rings? <laughs> we could do both. Talk about how great it was, and what was it like winning all those Super Bowls, and what was it work, you know, and, and doing all the things that you you did while you were there. Okay. Well, so there's. Let me get them in the screen correctly. Ah. Yeah. Can you see them? Uh, okay. Oh my God, the screen! Oh, I got to pull back. I mean, you, you have so many. Oh my God! These are the the last three. Um, so the um, well, so the the first three, I was relatively junior within the organization. So actually, having that polarity of experiences was really really interesting. Um. Well, I'll give the crafts a tremendous, I mean, as always, they're, they're such great leaders. And so, and they're always thinking about how to prepare for, um, you know, when the business and the climate might change. So in the second year of, or the second title in 2004, um, you know, I was talking with uh, Robert and Jonathan about understanding our, our fans and our customers. And it was the very early days of, uh, email marketing. We didn't even have Facebook. Obviously, that came. That was in 2007, and we started to think about how we could better engage our customers and know them, and kind of prepare for when the team. I mean, certainly didn't expect to have almost two decades of of dominance, but about how to how to really nurture that fan and create um, an ongoing relationship with them. And so, so much credit to them to be ahead of the curve and making technology investments. We, we had our first um, customer focused data warehouse in 2005 wow. uh, or 2004. And that, and I mean, this was before people were doing personalized emails before that people would just take emails, load them and, and send out mass communications. And so to think of, to think of like that and make that investment, a lot of people in the kind of glory days, and we actually were looking at the Celtics at that time. It was before they had the big three, and how can we prepare for the day when the team is not is not that good? So we had a ton of investments over time. Uh, we went through maybe four or five different platforms, and while kind of my focus was originally exclusively on the customer marketing side, 
we've started applying that to other parts of the business. So ticketing. And at that point, it started to extend beyond just and not that it's just, but in terms of understanding our season ticket member, but it also extended to inventory management and pricing. And so, again, we were we were, I think, ahead. We, well, I know we were ahead of the curve in terms of how we were applying elements of analytics from the customer to our ticket uh, analyses and uh, inventory management. And then um, and then I, I started overseeing retail. So, um, you know, there are two stores an e-commerce business and managing that and growing that. And, and what's also super interesting there is that on the ticketing side, the, the team has been sold out since the crafts uh, acquired the, the team in 1993. And um, uh, so the way to capture new fans and get an entry point is, is through retail. People can buy, you know, a 10 or $15 hat or t-shirt or whatever it might be. And so that became a great way to get that, first entry with a customer and grow them. One of the stories that I like to share is about, we had a customer who came into the store who bought a, uh, like a, an autographed Tom Brady um, picture, a couple thousand dollars. And part of the process was uh, capture that, that contact information and um, then send them a communication to kind of cross cross sell them. So at that point, the cross sell was to either the wait list or the club seats where there was some availability. And um, the person said they had interest in club seats. They then got a, um, a phone call from the premium seating group, the VIP services group, and they ended up signing up for club seats. It turns out that that person who had bought that autographed item was the president of Samsonite. Samsonite ultimately became a sponsor of, of the organization. So Again, like that filtering process and that way of thinking really was, um, we were ahead of our time with that respect. So ultimately, I mean, we can get into it, but that's some of the challenges that we were experiencing with the data, pulling it from out of the systems, out of the ticketing system, out of our retail system, led to, we need, we the technologies that are out there aren't doing what we need them to do. And, um, you know, did research for seven or eight months and put together a couple page plan and said, hey, I, I think we could do this ourselves. And oh, by the way, you guys have been encouraging me to think about like a business maybe that we could spin off. I think this could be it. And, you know, this is also one of the things that is so great about working for the crafts, which is that they are entrepreneurial. They see things before they happen and they were just, let's go. I mean, I was like, we need, we need a couple of days. We need a couple of months. We need to like hire people, but the, it was that quick. Wow. And that was probably seven years ago. So that was about seven years ago, but, but even before that, so going yeah. back to 2006, so yes. 2006, you started the, oh yeah. The Sloan sports analytics conference. Right. So yes. how, I mean, how, how did that even come about? I mean, how, how did, I mean, it is the biggest you know, sports yeah. analytics conference, probably the biggest sports conference out there today. And so. how, did that, how did it even happen? This is one of those great organic growth stories. So Daryl Morey, who is the general manager, I think everyone knows who he is now, the general manager of the Houston Rockets. Um, he and I were friends. He was at the Celtics, one of my college teammates and introduced us. We st He started about six months after at the Celtics. He started the Celtics six months after I started uh, working for the Crafts. And we became friends uh, very quickly. I mean, so I joined his fantasy football league. We would play two-on-two uh, -two basketball. He would cheat, um, and, and then he would win. Uh, but it was like a really good uh, just friendship. And so he was actually teaching a class at, at MIT Sloan, which is where he went to school. And I went to the class to just kind of learn and, and see, again, back to this um, being a student of the game to see if there were any, anything that I could apply to my day-to-day -day work. He then, he then called me up maybe six months later and said, hey, would you teach this class with me? And, and he said, you can bring the, the, the business side, the customer side. I said, yeah, that sounds great. So we started teaching the class. And I remember we were, we were going to um, grade, grade the exams and at a shady Chinese restaurant in Cambridge, by the way. And he get, he got a call and started talking to me about 
you know, what was happening, which was that he was being recruited to go and be the GM of the Houston Rockets. So he got the job and it was actually at the women's final four after the women's final four, which was in Boston in 2006, we were out for drinks and we were just, he was, Oh, I'm, I'll just come fly back. And I was like, I don't think you're gonna be able to fly back every other week to teach this class. And so we, we conceived of having a conference at that time. We had people coming to class and the first year it was maybe 150 people, probably 25 of them were my friends. Um, and it was a one day, it was all over different parts of the MIT campus. It was snowing, um, but we did it. We pulled it, we pulled it together in about five months. Um, actually the student lead at that time, Marshall Einhorn is uh, now the head of uh, US Maccabi um, based in Philadelphia. And if you can believe that. No, right? no, I actually spoke to him. Oh, you did? The past week. Oh. And his his kids go to the same school as my kids. And we, we never had never met. We were recently introduced. That's such a small world. I didn't know that. So, so yeah, he was he was he was the first student lead. And um and, and then it just it again grew very organically because it was the he was a student in our class the year before. And so that was how it, it started. Um, by the fourth year, we basically had outgrown the space at MIT. It was, uh, I think it was, it was maybe 750 people. And so um, we, we decided to move it off campus. And Mark Cuban started coming in year two. Uh, John Kraft started coming in year two as well. And ESPN started uh, providing some support in videoing uh, the conferences, the, the different panels. And again, these were only, they were only one day events at this time. And they were, it was on Saturday too. It wasn't um, Friday and Saturday. And then we moved it off campus uh, and it remains uh, a student run conference. Daryl and I guide and coach the students uh, and it's a great experience for them. They basically have the experience of running uh, a, a mini business and learning great skills about negotiating, um, managing their peers, um, setting agendas, marketing, I mean, everything you can possibly imagine. And I love it because it's uh, a great get back. It's a lot of fun to have the energy. Each year, the students wanna kind of do something that new. And so we, we always add a couple of uh, cool new wrinkles that make, that keeps the, the so it seems like it's pretty amazing. I've seen you know some of the things you've done, and look at these. Look, it's amazing to see who who you've been able to bring. Um, yeah, so we have thirty five hundred. We have about thirty five hundred people the past um, three years. Uh, President Obama came um, three years ago. I mean, obviously that was one of the coolest experiences of my life uh, to get to interview him. Hopefully, you have one of both of us interviewing him, <laughs> but. Um, he was he was so gracious. Um, you know, it's funny because when I was up on stage, I kept just thinking to myself how I used to try and stay focused when I was shooting free throws at the end of games, and that's what I was trying to do when I was listening to him. I was just like, just stay focused, stay in the moment, and um, you know, he he shared so many great lessons, and his love of sports is is really sincere and the way that he wove how he applies analytics to his leadership style and lessons of sports to lead to how he leads is, is truly compelling and obviously he's, you, um, he did it. he's done amazing things so it's, it's like we have a little bit of a sound issue so let me just see what we can do about that for one step and uh not sure what we'll, we'll, we'll try to figure out that as we figure this out uh we'll be we'll be popping back to, to this in a second we have a little bit of a sound issue we'll probably figure that out in a second but it's really been amazing on on our 76 capital leadership series tonight uh with jessica gelman the found co-founder of the what what is an amazing what she's done with the mit sloan uh, sports analytics conference as well as um what she's doing with kager and the the crafts, and we're going to go back to Jessica and see if we can get that get that handled. Jessica, are we back here? Let's see. I put in a, a wired headset. Did that help? Yeah, it still sounds a little bit like a little robotic. I'm trying to we'll try to figure out what we need to do to get this get this thing fixed here. Um, as we 
as we continue with uh, figuring it all out. But we'll see, try it again. Let's see if. Um, Am I I'm sounding robotic? Yeah, maybe what we do is it could, it just, you know, you never know. It's, it, it is, we've had COVID 19, we've had so many other things going on. There's probably an effort to, you know, uh, you know, types of things going on. But maybe what we do is we, um, have you log in and come right back in, and we'll, um, we'll, we'll fix that in the meantime. I think one of the things that we'll do um, is talk about what we have coming up. I mean, so one of the things coming up with one of our next um, 76 Capital Leadership Series, we're really excited about this one. Um, just like we had talked about before, um, we have, well, we're bringing in people all across the sports industry uh, to our 76 Capital Leadership Series. This Wednesday coming up, we have Mason Plumley and Tom Eggleston. Uh, Tom is a venture capitalist. Mason Plumley is former uh, Duke standout, as well as now a center on the Denver Nuggets. Um, so really excited to have a conversation with them about sports and business and what it's like playing in the NBA and what it will be like playing down in Orlando. Um, as all the, the 22 teams get, go down to Atlanta, Orlando to play as the NF, uh, NBA continues their season and goes right into the playoffs. So we'll talk to Mason about that. We'll talk to Tom about the number of the investments that they've made in the tech sector as well as in the sports sector and excited to, to jump into, into those conversations as we, as, as we move on on our 76 Capital Leadership Series. You know, we're going to go back to, to Jessica Gelman now. Um, Jessica, I think you're you're back and, and ready. I don't know. Is it oh, working? We're good. Okay. I don't sound like a robot. No, you, you, I, I, I think don't know. My, my kids were probably messing with the Wi-Fi. You know, I, I your kids are probably playing Fortnite or doing something. <laughs> you, know, you have two boys. We didn't, haven't talked about them yet. So um, yeah, two boys, uh, uh, almost four and a six-year-old. And you know, one of the it's obviously been very challenging. Uh, running a, uh, a company while also doing full-time childcare. My, my wife also is the CEO of a company, a healthcare company. And, but it's also been incredible to, to be honest, to have this extra time with them. Um, I'm having a ball with them. I coach the basketball teams. Uh, they're, they are the light of my life for sure. Well, that's, that's, that's amazing. You know, I, I was, I was talking to my son who's now 16 and I was telling him about you. I was telling him about your background. And he said, and I said, you know, I, and, and I was talking to him about our conference or our conversation about your conference. And he's uh -huh. like, he said to me, dad, why, why didn't you ever go to her conferences? And I said, yeah. well, I'm, her. I'm wondering too. Her, confer her conferences because I was coaching your basketball games. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, well, what about this year? You, you, I, you know, I was in high school, I'm in high school. I said, well, what happened this year is, is it was right before basically the shutdown. And, yeah. and uh, unfortunately, didn't get to go. But there were some incredible conversations and panels uh, that I've gotten a chance to watch some of them. Of course, with what we look at at 76 Capital was as investors in the sports tech world and in the esports industry and, and, you know, and the sports betting industry. Um, to see Matthew Berry there this this year, to see Jeff Yass from Susquehanna talk about the sports betting industry could be a trillion dollar industry. I was so yep. excited for him to talk about that because that's the way we look at things at 76 Capital. I know Adam Silver talks about the sports betting industry as being a $500 billion industry. We think it's double that. We think there's just such opportunity there. Um and I'd love to hear, you know, from your perspective, you know, um, just to, just what what it's like to to bring these just incredible thought leaders each year to the conference, and what you learn from them, and, and and how the conference is growing overall. Well, so this past year we had just just over just under thirty five hundred people, and the conference is a mix of uh, panels which is where we'd have uh, Luminary speaking, everyone you can see here, Nate Silver, uh, A-Rod, um, Bill James, um, and every, pretty much uh, everyone and anyone that you can imagine um, has, has spoken and, and, it's, uh, and it's unbelievable. The other part of the conference, so we'll probably have about 30 plus panels every year, but another really big part of the conference is around innovation and 
showing people how analytics is really being used on a day-to-day basis. So we have these competitive advantage talks where people will actually share uh, how they are applying analytics to their work. And I would very much encourage people to watch those videos because there's a tremendous amount of learning. Then we have research paper competition. Um, If you guys read uh, ESPN uh, or The Ringer, you probably have heard of Kirk Goldsberry. He actually won the the research paper competition, I think in the sixth or seventh year of the conference. And then he was kind of found. um, Many of the people who've won the research paper competition have gone on to work in sports. Second Spectrum, which is a well-known sports technology company that does ball tracking, among other things, uh, actually won the research paper competition twice and then became a company after that. So that's a huge part of what we do. We have a startup competition, which we talked a little bit about before, but that's a great a great way for sports organizations that are early on to get exposure to leaders of industry. And we do it kind of in a Shark Tank type style. Um, but Shot Tracker and um, Noah Basketball, as examples, came uh, to the conference and then kind of skyrocketed uh, from that. Uh, there's probably a couple others that I'm forgetting. Wayne, I hope not one of yours. And <laughs> well, no, you, you got Shot Tracker, so I know Dave. Okay. And I were, you know, you know, they were very excited to you know be part of the conference, and and uh, you know they're they're really doing some great things. So it it really it's 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 awesome to hear how not only do you bring in the some of the greats, but you're able to really help lift up some of the young startups. And, and that's what we're all about at Publicist Capital. You know, we're here to yeah. not only just invest in the companies, but help them and also inspire others to want to do great things. You know, try to, you know, because you think about, you think about sports, you think about the time that we're in right now. And, you know, with this, how, and, and the opportunity to use the use of technology and sensors and other types of, you know, you know, yep. the opportunity to use analytics. And, and I, I talk to my kids about how important math is. And I tell my daughter and my son, oh, you know, they, there's so much that you can do if you love sport. And, and you also really are, are someone who knows math and, can, and, and you know, can really do some amazing things within the, in the sports industry. I, I mean, I'm, I'm awed by it too. And I would also offer that we had our first esports panel at the conference probably 10 plus years ago, Daryl Morey is very involved in it. He's very involved in esports uh, today still. And I, rem- I remember the students uh, kind of making fun of him on the call when he suggested a panel on esports. He's like, who's going to watch video games? And uh, and I just kind of piped in. I was like, well, I think Daryl's been right about a couple of things. So uh, <laughs> we had that esports panel and we've had it every year since. I think we had two this past year, actually. Yeah, well, I mean, look, I, I think that it's it's part of the future of sports. It's part of the idea of fan and how how you'll engage fans. Like you were talking about before, you can only fit so many people into a a physical structure, and now you can only fit. You may only be able to fit a lot left, right? And I think that's one of the interesting things. As the CEO of Kager, um, I know that you, you, I'd love to talk about Kager as well as this amazing report that you you've recently t- uh, put out. Thanks. Um, and, you know, talking about, like, how will things move as we well, this COVID world? I'll provide a little bit of background. So a couple months ago, when obviously everything um, really started with with COVID, we saw a lot of the research that was out there. And it was, it was mostly survey-based, which uh, there can obviously be challenges with uh, not having a representative sample, not having enough uh, people that you're um, actually surveying. And um, there was also just of how information was being reported, data was showing the COVID infection rate, but it wasn't telling it over an N, meaning like the number of people that, it, that could possibly get it. So we, um, you know, for really the good of the industry, wanted to put our capabilities for, from a technology and data science to work. And we wanted to take a data-driven approach to trying to understand fans' interest uh, and in going to games as as the economy and the world recovers from COVID-19. So we 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 created a framework um, and we pulled a ton of publicly available information. So everything from unemployment to COVID infection rate to mobility. Um, and we did it on a market by market basis. 
because a lot of the information is very insular. And, and then we folded in our knowledge of the sports industry and some of the unique analysis and capabilities that we have that we can bring to bear. Uh, the NFL is a major client of ours. We didn't use their data, but we obviously have a very good understanding of, of the of the football industry. We've, we've built them a league-wide ticketing um, platform that all the teams in the NFL have. We work with uh, Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment. We work with the Sacramento Kings. Uh, so our perspective and our scope is is really nationwide. And we wanted to help people gain a better understanding, looking at it again from a market-specific, location-based, from a fan avidity component in terms of what were in our teams, events, um, uh, venues doing in their market to help people during these difficult times. And then the last is specifically, I'll call it the product, but the venue. What are the specific things that venues are gonna do to give fans comfort in returning to events and sports? And so we rolled out the report two weeks ago and we just had our first update uh, midway through last week. And it's been, it's been incredibly well received. People have thanked us for the work, which is, which is awesome because we put a lot of extra time and energy and, you know, big shout out to the Kager team for doing an awesome job. And, you know, the, the key, the uh, couple of interesting findings for us, especially in this most recent update, when it first came out that the, uh, when the first came out and we saw Houston was at the top, I actually called Daryl and I said, is this, what is it like there? Because we're in Boston and we're one of the third worst uh, impacted from, from COVID. And he said, he was just like, Jess, it's people are, it's people are moving freely. And I mean, what an eye opening, but to be able to look at our analysis and have that kind of insights, but I think leagues and teams and people who are running music events, they're looking at it and gaining a lot of perspective and insight as to where they could think about testing in different parts of the country for return. Um, in addition to that work, we're also looking at other industries to see what restaurants, grocery stores, what are they doing as people are coming back and trying to provide this, this broad perspective. So we're actually been talking with lots of different organizations um, to help provide additional data to just enhance what we're generating and creating. And a lot of people want to share, um, you know, un anonymized and aggregated data to help with, with what we're doing, which is obviously impactful and gratifying. And it's been fun to see how people are coming together to help uh, ensure a safe and uh, expedient return uh, of fans to sports. Cause I mean, listen, the experience of going to sporting events, there's nothing like it. And we got to do it in the right way. And anything that we can do to help that is, is important for, for, I think, a lot of people's sanity. Um, there's nothing greater than cheering for your home team and doing it live. That bond, that unity, it's really uh, incredible. Yeah, and, and, and that's one of the big things that uh, hopefully we get it, we can do to something to help you um, and to help all of us, right? I mean, and that's what the We're whole listening. idea of, of, of our 76 Capital Leadership Series is it's talking with people like you, sharing all the things that the different leaders across the sports industry are doing, um, getting that out there. Hopefully uh, there are people that are watching or that will watch this um, in the future that will say, oh my God, I got to talk to Jessica. I need to talk to her team at Kager because we need this information. We need to work with someone that can help us really move our business forward in a post-COVID-19 world. Uh, which hopefully we're moving into. Uh, so this has really been awesome, and, and I and I appreciate every you know all the things that you, you're doing, and um, whether it's on the Sloan Conference, whether you're doing it as a as an exec with the with Kager, and and uh, it's 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 just been it's it's awesome. And I, and I have a few questions that I wanted to kind of wrap the, wrap up with. Um, okay. A couple kind of uh, quick hitters, I guess we can we can call sure. it in a way, right? So. Sure. So far, I mean, you, it sounds like you have so much more that you are going to accomplish and achieve in, in your career. Um, but so far, what's your proudest moment? Um, so this, I, there might be a little bit of a recency bias on this one. Um, but honestly, this past week, um, everything that's been happening uh, across the United States has been... Uh, incredibly emotional. Um, and I think the specific efforts that we have taken at, at Kager is really 
what I'm most proud of. Um, and I, and again, maybe a recency bias, but I don't think there's anything more important than the education and learning that's going on right now uh, across the United States. So, I mean, we were, we said the communication, we've had uh, a diversity and inclusivity newsletter that we've had going out for um, about the last eight or nine months. We've done some specific efforts. We have um, a young, a young person on our team who has really helped champion this within our organization. And when everything started to, to go down last week, uh, last weekend, I reached out and asked for his guidance on, you know, what we could or should do. And, um, you know, we ended up having um, a forum on Tuesday that, um, that really he led and provided perspective about the, the, what, it, what it feels like and what's going on. And it, it was incredibly emotional. We allowed other people to talk about um, when they've experienced injustice um, or seen it happen. And, you know, just where we are very, we've been very active in trying to uh, create, we have like a snap, um, sorry, uh, a Slack channel for Black Lives Matters. And we're trying to find ways that we can um, contribute and everyone can do something. But I'm, I don't, I'm, I don't think I've ever felt more emotional uh, than I did during that forum and that discussion that we had. And the most important thing now is how do we continue to have impact and, you know, move our country forward. So I'm, that, that was, um, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm very proud of, of that. It sounds crazy probably, but. Well, not at all. I mean, because look, I mean, and, and one of the things that we've talked about in, in our, in our short time of, of, of getting chance to, to know each other is, is, you know, we at 76 Capital, you know, our overall philosophy is always to you know, work with smart, nice entrepreneurs who want to change the world. And when people, you know, ask us, my partners and I, about you know, what's this change in the world stuff? I thought you were a sports. <laughs> what are you? What are you talking about here? And I said, well, because you know, we do. We think that you know, as as you know, I, I've I've learned this quote from David Stern, you know, and who. Uh, was a was was a powerful influence in, in, in my 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 life and as as many others, um, you know. And, and you talked about you know how you know sports really um, can can really influence life, and that's what you know Nelson Mandela said, and you know like and, and, and like using those kinds of quotes. I mean, but you know for us, it's it's all about you know, working with the right kinds of people, trying to move forward, bring people together, try to make this world a better place help others. I mean, look, it, it's our responsibility, uh, we say all the time, you know, to, to try to make someone's day better. I mean, everyone yeah. has responsibility to do that every single day. And yes, now there's a gigantic spotlight on it. But this is something that I know you and we've been talking about for many, many years now um, and how important that is because that's what, that's what it's all about. And, and that's one of the great things is, is sport is this incredible unifier, bringing people together, allow people to, to play competitively against each other. But then afterwards, you know, you, you put your arm around your, you know, you know, the person you were competing against so hard and, and you know, have dinner with them afterwards. And, that, and that's, what, that's what it's all about. So, you know, so one of the other things I wanted, wanted to ask you um, you know, maybe this also can change with this point as well. I mean, so who, who's your dream guest? You know, <laughs> um, I mean, that's easy. Michael Jordan. I grew up in Chicago. I have the Wings poster in my office. I mean, that's, I've been on Daryl for years for that. So <laughs> he's the dream. All right. Well, we'll talk offline. Maybe we can help each other with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do a little something there. Um, um, and so, so maybe this, maybe that this last, this next question is really about, you know, you may have already answered it. Who's your, your favorite athlete of all time? Oh, wow. My favorite athlete of all time. Yikes. Um, God, that's a really good one. I mean, I do love Michael Jordan as an athlete, obviously. Um, I mean, I guess it has to be him, right? The other, by the way, the other dream guest would be Bill Gates. So if you have any ends there. 
All right, well, and then I, I figured you'd say me, but you know, we'll, we'll I'll, <laughs> I think you're already in. What are you talking about? We already talked about it. Oh, no, I'm kidding. Um, so let's, so let's, let's, let's kind of wrap, we can wrap things up here with, with really talk. Let's talk a little bit about the future, your, you know, future goals for you personally, your business, or it could be, you know, for the, for the country and the world, you know, what are some of the things that you hope that we can um, all accomplish um, in, in over the next hopefully very soon amount of time. Well, I'll, I'll start, I guess I'll start with Kager because um, I'm so passionate about what we're doing and trying to help redefine the sports industry through data and technology and really help organizations better connect with their fans and provide better experiences because they know the customers and it's so important. And listen, sports is what memories and family memories are created. So like, how can we bring those to bear better? I personally think having um, better data is, is a key driver and helping or helping organizations apply it uh, is super critical. So um, no big one, just redefining the industry. Um, that's, that's a little small. <laughs> no big deal. No big deal. Um, you know, personally, uh, I'd love to own a sports team one day. So just do that. Um, for the world, I mean, it's upon all of us to educate ourselves. Um, you know, like I said, there, all of us have experienced our own challenges um, in our lives. And, but I think what I've learned in the past week is really opened my eyes to um, things that I didn't really fully recognize. And I, I think we all need to use our platform to help um, remove racism and ensure that there's justice across the United States. And, you know, you're seeing all these moves, movements also now happening, happening globally in response to what's happening in the United States. And that's just incredible. It's really incredible. It's a great place for us to wrap up again. This has been awesome. Thank you, Jessica, so much for joining us on, on our 76 Capital Leadership Series. Um, I've learned a lot. I hope all the, the viewers out there did as well. And uh, I, I hope that we get to do a lot of things together in the future. Uh, I hope so, too. So thanks again. Really appreciate it. And next week on Wednesday night, we are really excited to have an, another great guest on, on our show. Well, this time we'll have Mason Plumley, our NBA player. Um, also, I, I'll swallow the, the fact that he's a Duke alum because of my Maryland, my Maryland stuff. But yes, a Duke alum as well. Um, and also really involved with the Players Association um, at the NBA right now. And one of his business partners, Tom Eggleston, uh, who is an investor, uh, actually has been to your conference a number of times, yesterday he called me, me, and um, is, they do some investing together, and I look forward to having a really great conversation with them. But for tonight, I uh, just want to wrap up again and say thanks so much to, to Jessica for joining us. Please always reach out to us anytime on our 75th Capital social media networks, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, Sign up for our, um, our, our, our broadcast each week on YouTube. And again, have a great night. And all of us, let's try to all come together and do everything we can to make this world a better place for everybody. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks. It's time for the 76 Capital Leadership Series. And tonight we have a great show. I mean, great, great show. We're going to have a really good time. Our guest tonight, her name is Jessica Gelman. And if you don't know Jessica, you've got to know her and you've got to hear her story of what she's done, not only athletically, but also in the business world and how she gives back and helps others. And uh, I'm really, really excited about, about, this, about what Jess, Jessica is going to share with us today. Jessica is the CEO of the Craft Analytics Group, a technology and services company that focuses on data management, analytics, as well as strategic consulting. She has been part of the, the Kraft family, Bob Kraft, the owner of the uh, New England Patriots. So we're going to you'll hear a little bit about her involvement with all the different things um, that are happening with the New England with New England sports. And also, uh, Jessica is the co-founder of the highly regarded MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference, the first and the largest analytics focused sports conference in the country. I mean, some of the speakers, we're talking about President Barack Obama, Adam Silver, Steve Ballmer, and many, many more have spoken at her conference. Um, so really excited to talk about that. 
and all she's won a number of awards. Uh, she has an MBA as well as her undergraduate degree from Harvard. She also played basketball there, uh, was the, one of the star basketball players and one of the best basketball players in the history um, at Harvard. So we'll hear about, about all of that. She's married, she has two sons and lives in the greater Boston area and really excited to, to move on to that.